This podcast is brought to you by Score Foundation. Hi, my name is George Abraham and welcome to Iway Conversations. My guest today is Amar Jain, a corporate lawyer practicing in Delhi. Hi Amar, welcome. Hi George, so glad to be here. Thank you for having me. So Amar, um, you are a corporate lawyer. So sure. uh, you might like to tell us a little bit about what is corporate law and what is the kind of work you do in this space. and uh, how did you get interested in this uh, space essentially if you see law over a period of time evolved initially there used to be civil and criminal uh, you know law which used to be practiced across the courts and as the businesses evolved the companies evolved there developed a culture of corporate law wherein you basically advise companies and businesses around different transactions that you do different agreements that they enter into so in a very nutshell that's what corporate law comprises of course uh, with with uh, passage of time it has matured it has its own areas for example banking and finance capital markets uh, debt restructuring uh, foreign investment and and to name a few right so that's what i do i i am a corporate lawyer i'm right now into contract management which is uh, essentially reviewing and negotiating agreements and and uh, the relevant processes and i've also worked in banking finance and capital markets how did i really get interested into corporate law to be honest is a uh, couple of reasons why because i i always thought when i wanted to, when i jo- decided of doing law i always uh, wanted to do something different from litigation because that i thought could be more suitable for me given my complete visual impairment as well as given the kind of work that i like to do so corporate law that's how i, I and and the more i got into the legal field and the work that people do corporate law interested me uh, as as my first calling being a blind uh, lawyer um, i'm sure a lot of your clients are apprehensive uh, in dealing with you to start with mm-hmm. uh, so how do you build your uh, client base well building client base you 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 right when when you know initially when you start but the good thing about uh, my career was that i started with law firm so law firm already has good clientele and i started with india's one of the top most law firms uh, so already had client base there but nevertheless these challenges continue to haunt you because when you deal with your counterparty and when they know about your disability they have apprehensions so uh, but but slowly when you start interacting with them you when when you, you know you uh, start pitching in on the calls or in the presentations and when they see your knowledge etc that's how slowly the confidence builds in so first step is difficult but once you take that step uh, the journey continues If you know of anyone with vision impairment who needs guidance on living life with blindness please share the IWA National Toll Free Helpline number 18005320469 the number is 18005320469 
Now, alongside law, I also see that you are deeply interested in um, areas of access, especially yes. access of disability. And uh, it's quite obvious that uh, your interest stems from the fact that you are blind yourself. Right. Uh, but how uh, I, I see that you are kind of qualified to work in the technical space when it comes to web, web accessibility. Mm -hmm. Law and IT seem to be on the surface far apart. They don't seem to be uh, allied subjects. Yes. So uh, how did you actually get qualified to, uh, to work in the space of web accessibility? That's quite an interesting question and, and, and there's a background to this. So I've always been passionate about technology ever since I got to know about screen readers and computers, etc. Uh, and uh, alongside when I started my legal journey, I realized there were a lot of things which were inaccessible, whether it is day-to-day -day use apps or whether it is uh, profession-specific websites or applications or whether it is educational material, to name a few. And uh, whenever I used to reach out to any business using my legal background, I always was able to, at least most of the times, was able to get patient hearing from the business side because I'm a lawyer. So they, they wanted to hear me out and wanted to kind of minimize any threat of possible litigation. But when I used to speak with developers and I used to explain them in a common layman language that my screen reader doesn't work with your website or an app, they most of the times they used to say the what you're saying we understand it but the kind of effort that will be required to make it accessible will require significant uh, revamp of what we have right now and it'd be you know 90 90% of additional effort and which is why it's not currently in our business priority we will take it up in due course and that used to end the story this really used to sort of irk me a lot that despite um, having capability i'm not able to access and it's impacting every single aspect of my life, whether it is finances or whether it is something else. Um, and there came a time when I, I had to file my own income tax returns and I was not able to file. That's how I uh, wrote to T the income tax uh, department and then they said TCS is our vendor and TCS gave me the same kind of response. And this sort of prompted me. First, I designed a prototype for them as to how the ITR can be made accessible. And then it prompted me to learn about accessibility in depth and also have a certification. Because once you have both sides covered, you're competent to speak not only with the business, but also the developers. And that was really a, a, a big push for me to become a certified professional in web accessibility from International Association of Accessibility Professionals. So from uh, uh, from the point of view of accessibility and campaigns that you might have been involved in, mm -hmm. what are some of the success stories that uh, you'd like to talk about? One caution or one caveat that I'd like to state before I answer that question is that there has been uh, there have been you know occasions where there has been significant change, but with passage of time and with each upgrade, accessibility has always broken. So some of the examples that I'll give right now possibly may not be current or up to date, but there have been times when they have actually worked well. For example, Paytm. Uh, there was a time when uh, Paytm was completely unusable and, and after a lot of uh, pressure building uh, onto the company, even through its investor base like SoftBank, etc., there was a time when Paytm was made uh, uh, quite, quite uh, usable. I won't call it accessible, but quite usable. Uh, again, we went back to a stage where it became inaccessible and now, of course, with, with uh, again, same intervention, 
we are working on improving its accessibility at least it's usable right now similarly there are multiple apps i'm working with right now oyo for instance i'm working with zomato i'm working with swiggy um uh, swiggy I'm, I'm working with in my capacity as a co-founder of an initiative called mission accessibility uh which also i think has been featured uh, uh, on this podcast um uh, there are other apps where i've uh, income tax e-filing portal when it was with tcs we had done some great work uh, i along with mr mohammed asif iqbal from pwc work together to make things right uh, just another point on accessibility advocacy uh, you know a lot of us blind people do encounter um, you know websites or apps or pos machines and so on uh, or atms Right. Um, or, or uh, you know, shopping uh, uh, platforms right. where uh, accessibility in, is is a major issue. Uh, mm-hmm. What are the common tools that we can use to actually uh, raise our voices and uh, be heard? Well, my uh, often uh, experience suggests that in India, at least, there are only two, three ways that are most effective. One way is that you first reach out to the management of the company. So you first figure out which is the company which operates this particular service or a website or an app. You figure out who their directors are and and possibly their email addresses through Google search. All of this is possible. Uh, And you write to the director saying that we are a customer base and show them as a business case. Don't just say we are a person with disability, which is why you need to do it. It's a good gesture. It's a right social thing to do because we are no longer talking about social goodwill. We are talking about rights of persons with disabilities. So make this a business case. Show them. If you hear back from them that that's the best thing that you can expect, if that doesn't happen, then uh, other way which is quite persuasive and effective is to reach out to their investors. And, and th- again, that information is also available on Google that who are the investors in a particular company and, and possibly then figure out their contact details just the way you did for the directors of the, this company. And if that route doesn't work, then I think ultimately you have to write, send, a, send them a legal notice. My experience suggests 99% after sending the legal notice, you will have businesses at least talk to you on table and, and understand what your concerns are. Whether or not that gets into a resolution mode is a separate discussion. But most likely, you are going to get a channel where you can speak to the company and make your point across. And most likely, they will slowly start working with you to resolve the issues. But if that doesn't happen, then I think the best forum that has been working very effectively is the Chief Commissioner for Persons with Disabilities. So if you reach out to them with a proper complaint, with a proper information, they are most happy to resolve most of your grievances. Uh, Amar, you've also been very interested in policy. Sure. Uh, what are the areas where you have actually taken up initiatives uh, in policy reform or uh, new policy coming up? Sure. So I think before I even get into what areas have I taken up, it's important to uh, highlight at least my thought process why I think policy is very important. Yeah. Um, from a person with disability perspective, given we are constituting only 7% of the population of the world. And, and, and in India, uh, it's it's around, as per the latest NSSO data that came out in 2017-2018, is only around 2% of the Indian population. Uh, of course, I'm, I feel that the number is fairly unrep- underrepresented, but still, let's, let's go on with that number for now. Uh, if you are not even 
present on paper book, which is your policy, then asking for any facility service, which is, which is legally due as your right is fair, more, far more difficult than having a policy in place and showcasing that policy paper and say, Hey, I'm entitled to this. That gives you an equal footing to talk to the other side and say that because I'm part of your policy, it's important for you to think about me as your business consumer or, or any kind of service uh, available uh, beneficiary, right? Um, which is why I think working on policy basically solves majority of your problems. Then it's only about implementation, which always con continues to be constant battle. So when I uh, sort of started my journey as a law student, uh, since then I had faced uh, policy problems, whether it is access to bank account, whether it is access to DMAT account, then access to trading account. So as in when I spotted those opportunities, I started with the financial uh, sector where I worked with SEBI to issue circulars for stock exchanges on making uh, trading accounts and other facilities available to persons with visual impairment. Similarly, housing finance uh, facility was not being made available to people with visual impairment and other disabilities. So loan facilities on those on, in that regard. Then access to health insurance continues to be challenged even today, despite directions from IART DAI. But that's something we sort of worked for about nine years to make that happen. Um, similarly, accessible telecom bills uh, uh, through, from, from all the telecom providers uh, continue to be a challenge. So worked on that area. So there are a couple of those. And of course, as the uh, as and when there were opportunities, for example, the latest uh, Bureau of Indian Standards, which came out on making ICT products and services accessible, had contributed to that as well. Um, and, and, and the rights of persons with disabilities rules when they were being formulated in 2017 uh, had contributed, especially on the rules uh, governing accessibility. So these are time-to-time -time interventions that have done in the policy space. As an extension of your work in the space of disability and access, you've also done a lot of speaking. Yeah. Uh, you've done some keynote addresses. You've also been part of leading pa uh, panel discussions. Uh, would you like to talk about some of that? Sure. So uh, my, uh, my, my, my way of sensitizing people is, is twofold, if I may put it that way. One is the speaking that you do uh, on stages or in panel discussions. Uh, so, for example, I was in Bombay with uh, panelists from JP Morgan, Google, etc., yeah. on employment opportunities for people with disabilities. Yeah. And one of the things which corporate sector always says that while we want to recruit people with disabilities, but we don't find the right skill set. And uh, I was the odd one out there because I come from Hindi medium from a Jodhpur blind school, and I did my law in English medium completely. Then I did, then I started working at law firms, uh, and and I was first one in in back then to be picked up by leading law firms in India. So you know, provided that you get the right opportunity and exposure, there is definitely a way for you to perform. Uh, and it's really that which kills persons with disabilities, uh, you know, platform to uh, showcase their talent. So uh, I was on, you know, various panel discussions of those sorts. Then the other thing that I do as part of sensitization is basically do experiential learning sessions. So for example, I did a keynote speaker for, I was a keynote speaker for Apple India uh, in their app accelerator Bangalore, where I worked with around 90 developers for entire day 
on how to make their apps accessible and how accessibility should be looked at. Uh, we showed them how software is work for on iPhone, etc., and how audit can be done and how you can figure out accessibility barriers. Similarly, we did uh, something similar to what is called as dialogue in the dark, where we simulated experiences of people with disabilities by blindfolding uh, quote unquote normal people and uh, or also possibly you know uh, putting earphones in their ears to block their hearing skills and 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 say that now you try to uh, hear the surroundings of your environment or uh, you know tying their legs etc and and making making them sit on a wheelchair and say now you need to access this particular space which is inaccessible and, and just to make them realize the kind of impact uh, in inaccessible barriers or inaccessible infrastructure, uh, uh, pro, uh, you know, sort of provides uh, or or has on the life of a person with disability. So, so these are the kind of uh, sessions that I've done at multiple places, including Lal Bahadur Shastri uh, Academy in Masuri uh, for for uh, IS lobby, or whether uh, forums like Fiki, CII and um, you know apple as i said and and, and many more many many national law, uh, colleges and amongst others to support our work with the blind and visually impaired you can visit the donate page on our website www.scorefoundation.org.in please note www dot scorefoundation dot org dot in Amar, uh, tell me a little bit about your uh, your eye problem. Is this something that was there from childhood, or this is something that you acquired uh, on the way? No, I'm on. I'm I'm born blind. I I had uh, retina detachment. Uh, I was born premature in seven and a half months and due to access oxygen and and uh, you know uh, my my retina got damaged so uh, maybe it, it would be right for me to ask you just now as to uh, how did your parents respond and how did they rally around to see you through in life i as i said i belong to jodhpur rajasthan and i uh, when i was born and, and when my family was upbringing me there were a lot of societal perceptions that you had to deal with. So obviously, initial years were difficult for the family to understand how to navigate around this challenge. But the good thing was that somebody introduced to us uh, to a blind school at a very early stage when I was around three years old. Um, and I think there are two incidents that I would like to share, which, which helped me and my family build confidence amongst ourselves. Yeah, uh, my brother is a skates champion. Uh, he used to skate uh, both at the district and a skate state level. Yeah, and I always wanted to learn skating, yeah. and my family was very scared of that. That you you know you should if you wear skates you'll fall or you know you'll get injured etc. Yeah. So one day when my brother was not around and my father was sleeping in the afternoon, mother was doing her own household chores. I just picked up his skates from somewhere. Yeah. Uh, wore it and and first I practiced it uh, with the sides of the wall by putting my hand onto the wall and moving with the skating, and then I uh, sort of left the wall's support and and skated on my own. And after half an hour or one hour, 
I went into my dad's room and called him to come outside and he got shocked to see me on skates and he said, <laughs> move it. So I said, no, you first come. <laughs> so that was the time when they got confidence on me that if we give him support and if we give him right kind of atmosphere, he, because of his determination, he'll be able to do things. Yeah. And the other incident which, which, which sort of changed my life or which taught me the value of self-learning and dignity and self-esteem was uh, when I was in my fifth class, uh, maths and science, uh, especially maths used to be very, very difficult for me. I never got around it. Yeah. It was one of those subjects which I hated the most. And I said, my dad, that if you want to see me educated, I want to, uh, you know, you should get me a tutor who yeah. can teach me all this nonsense, maths and science, which I don't understand. Yeah. So... He first made me, he first explained me that you should do self-study and all. And I, I, I mean, I, he could afford a tutor, but he didn't want me to develop that habit. Yeah. So, but I didn't hear it. And I said, no, if you either you get me tutor or I won't study. Yeah. So my dad, possibly first and the last in his life, he slapped me hard and said, if you can't study, then you're better for better uh, doing nothing. You can only do thing. And the only thing that you can do in your life is to beg. Yeah. So I'll give you a begging bowl. Yeah. So if you can't study, start begging then from today onwards. Yeah. And that hit me hard. I said, how, how dare this man say like this to me? Yeah. I, and three days I studied hard. And after that, I threw all the books in front of him and said, ask me wherever you want to ask me from. Mm. So that kind of taught me the value of self-esteem and self-learning and dignity. Yeah. So these two incidents really shaped up my early life. My brother has been very keen supporter. Uh, the the very first introduction of computers to me was done by him. He right. got to know about narrator somehow, and that's how I got introduced to computers. So, as a schoolboy growing up, uh, who put the idea of uh, law into your head? Well, I was in my ninth or tenth uh, uh, class, and by then the notion which was developed around the blind school was that if a person is blind, then you will either become a teacher or a musician. Yeah. But at best, slowly the area of banking was opening up. Yeah. And I said, I don't want to do either of this. I want to do something different. No yeah. matter whatever different thing it could be. It could be as silly as call self call center operator, but at least I'd like to do that. And uh, th that's how we thought of my dad. I told my dad I want to do something different. So he said, I'm more than willing to support you in whatever it requires you to do. Uh, so we explored a couple of options, whether it is hotel management, BCA, BSCIT. And finally, I decided that, you know, law is something where I can fight for rights of my own and my community, and as well as I can serve the society. So that's how I decided to do law. Uh, and that's my, that's how my dad had to shut down his business to make me, to make sure that he moves with me uh, to Bombay and I get educated. Amar, I believe uh, you are married now and uh, a family right. man. So talk us a little bit about uh, your wife and how you got married and uh, what is life like today? Oh, uh, so my wife is Manakshi Chaturvedi and she works at DRDO Civil Lines, into yeah. Defense Research Development Organization. Yeah. Um, one of the things which was very clear in my mind uh, when marriage used to be discussed at home and otherwise was that I want to mar marry somebody who's totally blind like me so yeah. that there is better compatibility and better understanding. Yeah. And uh, I'm glad that I found a like-minded partner. 
uh, I was introduced to Manakshi through a, through a couple of common friends and then we started talking and slowly the relationship developed and then we spoke about um, uh, you know getting together as life partners with our families of course there were uh, there were there were resistance in the beginning uh, how would you manage this and that but uh, we, we made our way through and today life is quite happy so uh, what does uh, amar jain uh, enjoy doing apart from uh, corporate law and web accessibility and policy thinking i love to travel a lot i love to go to different places natural places where there is natural beauty where there's whether it's near water or whether it is you know something around hilly areas etc i love doing uh, that a lot i am a good um, i'm a very foodie person so anything which is uh, you know which which satisfied my uh, delight is is something most welcome uh, i i love to explore, explore various traditions and cultures uh, wherever i go i love to eat their uh, traditional regional cuisine uh, to acquaint myself with their culture and and of course learn about the kind of clothes they wear or the kind of things they do um i also love to explore a lot with technology in general so when i'm free i would like to try new softwares new apps or new things that that can solve potential problems so and also i am a singer so sometimes i do sing and and i i do play musical instruments well uh, amar thank you very much uh, to take this time out to speak to us and it's been a pleasure it's it's a likewise sir just to take you to little back iway has been a very good source of pillar of information for me ever since when i started my college to the in 2008 uh, i i was introduced to iway uh, through a couple of friends and ever since then it has been a great strength uh, and source of information and knowledge so thank you for doing what you're doing This podcast was brought to you by Score Foundation. Yeah, Roshni, 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 Roshni,